0: This weekend, we are celebrating our independence, July 4th. And church, I want us never to forget what this nation was founded on. It was the freedom to worship God. This country was built upon God. In God we trust. And if we are to remain great, it's going to be those of us that follow God with all of our heart, putting Him first in every area of our life to be the salt that preserves this great nation. And it's kind of funny that this weekend, it wasn't planned, it's kind of one of those amazing coincidences that we have a speaker today as we're celebrating July 4th all the way from England. He is one of my best friends in the entire world. I've known him for over 20 years, Pastor Clive Urquhart, and the series that we're in right now, The Shield of Faith, for those of you that were here last week, you know how powerful this message is, and I really believe this series is not just timely for our church and for our nation, but it's also a prophetic word of what God is speaking to us for how we prepare ourselves in, f- in light of where our culture and country is heading right now. So I want you to open your heart to what God is going to speak to you today and the challenge that he has for all of us as we welcome right now, give him just, just a great applause to let him know how much you appreciate him coming to be with us, Pastor Clive Urquhart.
1: Great, thanks for that. It's great to be with you guys Uh, again, two weeks in a row. Uh, We're still enjoying being grandparents, and uh, John and I as grandfathers, grandpas, granddads, papas, whatever we're supposed to be called these days, we're just a bit gooey, aren't we, about Nolan, and and just, you know, a little face, he's smiling, responding, cooing. So uh, we're leaving Thursday, so I'm sure there's going to be a few tears shed as we get on the plane. Uh, my family and I to go back, but uh, but a really good time, brilliant. Um, uh, obviously, this is July the fourth weekend, and uh, I just want to show how generous we are as the Brits, uh, as English people, <laughs> that uh, that we we gave you this country <laughs> and that we that we. Just let you live here, you know, I know you're challenged with the climate, just the, the odd mile or two of sandy beaches, the odd little wave that comes in every now and then you might be able to surf on and, you know, that the we didn't kind of swap and, and you have our country where it's fairly cloudy, a little bit wet, lots of storms and all of that kind of stuff, you know, just shows the heart that we have for you guys, okay? <laughs> That, that we said, look, what we, we want to bless you. You live in this amazing nation and, and it's such a stunning country all over the place. And and we'll, we'll live in the UK, okay? And uh, so that's our heart for you guys. That's how much we love you. But we also know in heaven, because we love you and gave you so much, God's going to bless us back so much. So... <laughs> I'm looking forward to my mansion in heaven with the stunning scenery and all of that. And I'll come and visit you down the street somewhere, you know, because you've had it all while you're here. And I'm going to get it all for eternity. No, I'm sure. So, uh, uh, yeah. But we love you guys. So uh, these are great days to be alive, aren't they? Great days to be alive. I was praying a little while ago. And one of the things that God said to me uh, while I was praying was "I'm, I'm activating and mobilizing my church. These are days of advancement, not retreat. These are days to believe and not doubt. As well as releasing my spirit to move in a fresh way, my spirit is also rising up in the church. As in the days of Noah, the floodgates of the heavens were opened, but also the springs of the deep burst forth. The world needs a church who knows me, who knows my voice, who knows my ways, and who know how to live and to stand in the days that we're in. And I believe that not only does God release His Spirit to move in the church, but God rises up in us as believers, as we listen to His voice, hear what He's saying, respond to what He's saying, and we allow who He is by His Word and by His Spirit to rise up on the inside of us, to be who He's called us to be. The world needs a church who knows God. A world, the world needs a church who hears the voice of God and responds to the voice of God. The church, I know Jesus is the hope of the world, right? But God reaches the world through the church, through people just like you and I, who God has saved and rescued out of all kinds of backgrounds, challenges. Maybe you look at your past life as a disaster, and God has rescued you out of that and given you a destiny, given you a hope, given you purpose, giving you a reason why to be alive. Does anybody resonate with that at all here today? And, uh, and, and somebody said to, I think it was Tim, you know, where do you find the energy from to bounce around and praise God like you do? And he said, well, my life used to be going to hell and now it's going to heaven. So I've got everything to be, you know, to, to rejoice about. So we want to thank God for who He is and what He's doing in our lives. But we know as the church, we have a bit of a mandate to be a light to the world to be a city on a hill, to be salt, to be flavor, God's life out into the world. We have a mandate from God. We have a responsibility from God. So we want to continue this week to look at what does it really mean to oil the shield in our lives? What does it mean to strengthen the shield uh, of uh, of our lives in uh, in the things of God? So I want to look at Jeremiah 17 and uh, we're going to read a couple of verses there. That uh, just to set the scene and get us going in uh, today's message. But as we do that, just turn to the person next to you and say, From root to fruit. (laughs) From root to fruit, okay? Jeremiah 17. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. How many of you want to be blessed? Okay, the key is there. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence or security, certainty, hope, is in God. This is what happens, okay. Now, what we're going to read this is what happens to somebody who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its fruit, its roots by the stream. Now, the next part talks about it, the tree, but translate that into you as a person. The person who trusts in the Lord will be blessed, okay. Whose confidence is in him, he said, That person is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the streams. This person does not fear when heat comes. This person's leaves or life is always green, it will produce fruit. This person has no worries in the in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Now, how many of you think, man, that sounds a bit too good to be true, but that's what the word of God says. And we want our lives to be in line with what the Word of God says, right? So that we see what God says in His Word happen in us and through us. Anybody agree with that one? So blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, whose trust and confidence is in Him. He'll be like a tree planted by the water. No, uh, There will be no fear when heat comes. Last week, we spoke about some of the challenges that you have in this nation and some that we have in our nation And even in the last week, there's been even more things happen in our nation. Ups and downs, lefts and rights, changes here and there. And uh, it's like everything's been blown all over the place. But we know that because our lives are rooted in Him, in God, they're rooted in His Word, then we have nothing to fear, we have no worries. Because if our trust is in Him and not in ourselves... Or in anybody else. That's why the word of God then says, "The man who trusts in the Lord will have no fear when heat comes, when the challenges of the day are here, and he will be fruitful in season and out of season." John fifteen says that we're appointed to bear fruit and fruit that remains, fruit that lasts. So, how many of you know you can be fruitful when there's drought all around you, when you know God? Because God's Word and His purposes are not limited to the circumstances around our lives. God's purposes and what He wants to do are not limited to what the politicians and what the economists are saying and doing. God's purposes are not limited by what man does, which is great. And as we take hold of the promises of God and the Word of God in our lives, then our lives can be fruitful in what seems to be drought all around us. A friend of mine's got his own business. Uh, In 2008, when uh, all the the financial challenges kind of hit a few years back and for the the, kind of years after that, um, he said to the Lord, he said, God, I, I, I want my company to honour you. I want the people that work for me, I want them to prosper in this season. I don't want our company to go backwards. I don't want the people to struggle. I want my company to thrive and prosper. And so through that season, he was praying and asking God about decisions he should make, the business that he should Uh, doing the business he shouldn't do, the contracts he should take on and shouldn't take on. And uh, during that season, for four or five years in a row, where many other businesses in the same line of kind of work that he was in were were going backwards and deteriorating, his was prospering, increasing, thriving. And uh, those that worked for him were like, this is amazing that our, our company is prospering. Other business guys that were going out of business were saying to him, how come your business is thriving and prospering when everybody else seems to be going the wrong way in this line of business. And he had a great opportunity to share testimonies, tell stories of God's faithfulness, that his business wasn't just something he was doing in his own strength, but God was at the heart of what he did because of his life. Therefore, he had stories to tell to people of decisions he made in line with what he believed God was saying to him so that's a practical thing In, in times of drought around us when we listen to God and walk in his ways then God always defies the facts and the circumstances that shout things to us when we live according to his truth and what he is saying to us amen so how many of you want to be fruitful when everything around you might seem challenging well, we're going to look at a few things to help us see how do we oil that shield? How do we strengthen that shield to live as the people God has called us to be in the days that we're in? Outside the front of our house, uh, we, we have uh, just out near the road, um, we have this huge oak tree. And <clears throat> this oak tree, uh, no matter what the weather does, uh, and we seem to have a, few more, a bit more rain than you do, uh, uh, a few more kind of stormy days than you do, uh, but this tree resolutely stands there week in, week out, month in, month out, season after season. doesn't matter what comes its way. We've had some pretty serious storms over the last few years. Even a, a few months ago, uh, one night, we have th- this storm. And it, it sounded like the tree was just groaning with the, the the power of the wind. We had 85, 90 mile an hour winds, you know. And, and this tree was, res- I mean, I, I was lying there in bed thinking, thank you, Jesus, you keep that tree up. It does not fall on my house or anything else. You, you, you could hear this thing. It was like groaning outside. Uh, but yet in the morning, it was there. I'm still here. And I'm still going to bear fruit. I'm still going to reproduce leaves and acorns. So you could produce many more oak trees out of this tree. He, he was, this tree was resolute. I'm, I'm going to be here. doesn't matter what is thrown at me. And when you look at this thing, the trunk towering up over you, the branches reaching out, covered with millions, maybe, uh, uh, of leaves and acorns, uh, you think, man, that that thing is, is just resolute. It is not going to be moved by anything. And when you look at that thing, it's not what you see that determines the health and the strength and the, the fruitfulness of it. It's what you don't see. And it's what's going on underground that determines what's going on overground. And, and so I went to a few websites and did a bit of studying about the roots. And it's like, well... If this tree is healthy and strong and, and still chucking loads of uh, acorns everywhere, uh, then there must be... That the, what is it about the roots that enable this thing to be so strong and to go from season to season? And and there must be some parallels with, with this tree in, in regards to our life and how we go deeper in the things of God to go further in His purposes. And uh, so I began to look at a few websites and... Uh, and did a bit of studying for a few minutes. Anyway, on uh, studying, I looked at—if let's be honest—rather than I studied roots. You know, some people who study roots do it the whole of their life. So I read a few of other people's studies, and as I was reading this stuff, uh, the importance of the root system. And and there was a phrase that kept coming up on these different websites. And this phrase was: "Soil compaction determines root penetration." Soil compaction—the density of the soil determines how, how deeply the roots can penetrate the ground. And, and these guys were saying that there's, there's three things that are really important. If you can have roots that are going deeper, uh, in order for a tree to be receiving nourishment and, and fresh nutrients from new soil that the roots are burrowing into so the tree can be healthy and fruitful. And they firstly said you need the right soil, then you need water, to be breaking down the soil, and you need oxygen to move around to keep the soil healthy so that the roots can continue to go deeper so that the, the life and the sap can then grow up and, and, and enable the trunk and the branches to be healthy and fruitful. And as I was kind of looking at this stuff, it was like God said to me, the roots are your relationship with me. So you've got your, your notes there. You can jot some things down if you like. The roots are your relationship with me. The water... Uh, Represents the word of God, and then the oxygen is like the way the Holy Spirit works in your life with the word. That the water breaks down the soil. So, you know what it's like if you've got some really, you know, hard, compact soil and you water that and let the water soak through it. And everything it kind of softens the soil a little bit, then enables you to aerate the soil so that some oxygen can get into it, and and uh, and help the soil so that whatever you're going to sow in there, whatever seeds you're going to put in, it, it, you put it in the right environment, the soil with the with the water and the oxygen, then can enable the seed to become what it's supposed to become, and. What God was speaking to me about is the way that the Word then works in our lives. If the soil is our heart, the importance of how the water, that the Word waters our hearts, softens our hearts, and keep us, keeps us at a place where we're then open for the Holy Spirit to work and move and, and uh, realize that Word in our hearts and lives to keep us in, in walking with God in the way that He wants us to walk with Him. And... One of the things that these roots do constantly in, in a tree is they're constantly burrowing deeper and deeper because they that the roots understand, if they have a mind, but the roots uh, understand that the deeper I go, the taller the tree will be, the more healthy it will be, the stronger it will be, and the more fruitful it will be. And so the roots know, man, what we do is going to be so important. The hidden things that go on will determine what is happening terms of what he 's seen uh, a few years ago there was uh, uh, in one of your national parks, uh, there was a park ranger uh, who was driving around one day, and there was a huge redwood tree that uh, is, was one of the main attractions that people looked at in this particular park uh, in terms of the trees and As he was driving along, he saw this tree and he was like wow it 's flat on the ground what 's happened to that tree So he got out of his truck and he went over to the tree and he looked at it and He was like, well, we had no storms last night. It wasn't windy at all. There there was no reason in the natural why this thing should be just lying on the ground. So a whole team of people, experts, started to kind of look at this tree and they ran tests on it and and they found there was no disease on the inside of it. Uh, It looked healthy on the outside. It looked fine. Then they began to look at the roots and they did some tests on the roots and there there was no disease or, or sickness in the roots. And they were like, they were puzzled by what, what what they couldn't understand. And then as they were kind of talking about this and debating this, they they realised, hang on a minute, what about the footfall of all the tourists that have been walking around this tree for years? What is the impact of the footfall? And they realised that the amount of tourists over the years that would walk around this thing, basically the root system through the pressure of all the footprint of of everybody had killed off the roots. And what seemingly seemed to be a healthy tree on the outside, that nobody would thought would have just fallen over one night, just fell. And they were like, "Wow, the the, the importance of, of, of the roots and protecting these things, so a tree stays healthy." So what they did is they ring fenced all the other redwood trees that had some other footfall that they could see around it there were obviously think trees that people wanted to look at and so they fenced off and said we need to protect the root system of this tree of all these trees if they're going to last for the next through the next season and into next generations so we so we need to ring fence these things and And one of the challenges that we have as believers in the the, the kind of culture that we live in, everything's so fast-paced. Everything is changing. The pressure for this, the pressure for that, the amount of time you spend at work, the amount of things we do, our schedules are busy, and all of that kind of stuff. And if we don't ring-fence our relationship with God, if we don't ring-fence the way we need to allow our roots to go deeper in God, we're going to let other things, time, busyness, pressure, this that and the other then are going to kill off the root system and for a period of time you can seem all right on the outside I know probably I'm sure you have it here in the church here I'm sure we do at home sometimes some people are going through some challenges some issues and uh, but they don't necessarily want to let on exactly what's going on so they turn up on a Sunday and during the worship their hands are in the air they look like you know and you can look around and say wow they're going for it today wow they're doing all right and But then maybe a few weeks later, suddenly somebody crashes and burns. And you're like, wow, what was going on there? We didn't see that coming. Because on the outside, they they made it look like everything's going okay. Somebody high-fived them, you know, as they arrived to the meeting. How you doing, man? How's it going? I'm doing great. Things are going good. Things are really cool. But on the inside, that person's saying, I'd love to be able to talk to somebody. But I just... I just don't know if I can be honest. I don't know if I can, would I seem weak or I don't have any faith? Or can I be honest with people just think. well, what's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? So I'm just going to look like everything's okay. But what's going on in people's lives when that happens, what's happening is the root system of their relationship with God hasn't been ring-fenced. You find they've pulled back on just spending time with God or <clears throat> reading His Word, listening to what He's saying, journaling and, and with what the Holy Spirit is saying, and responding, and let the soil, letting the soil of their hearts be tilled over, maybe there's other things that are going on in life that have challenged that, and they 've allowed the pressures of life, the worries of life, or, or other things to begin to take over, and People have pulled back from what 's going on. so let 's have a quick look at Matthew thirteen, a few verses in there, where Jesus talks about the parable of the sower, and uh, we 're going to read a few verses. Uh, in Matthew 13 so in verse 3 it says here a farmer went out to sow his seed as he was scattering the seed some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up some fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil it sprang up quickly but because uh, because the soil was shallow but when the sun came up the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Now the disciples came to Jesus a bit later on. They said, Jesus, can you explain what you meant in that parable? Can you unpack that for us? So in verse 18, Jesus said, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. What's going on there? He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom but does not understand it, the evil one comes away. What that means is there's no revelation at that moment. There's no revelation. The light doesn't come on in that person's life to understand or to hear what uh, the, the message is or the gospel that's being shared or what the truth that is being spoken at that moment, and therefore it snatched away from their heart. Then Jesus says, The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, because there isn't a cultivating of relationship, Because there isn't something in somebody's walk going deeper with God, there might be an emotional response to something because something sounded exciting, it sounded good. And in their heart, they went, yeah, love it, love it, love it. But because they didn't then cultivate that and work with that word and that truth to go deeper with it, to walk with God in it, it was just emotional response in the moment. Then it says here, because there is no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. You know, we all want to be light and salt, don't we? We all want to see people's lives impacted through our lives. We want to live in the goodness of God. If we don't cultivate the Word of God in our life and the truth in our life, then when the challenges of being a believer in, the, in our work world, in our families or in challenging situations, peer pressure, whatever circumstances, environments we're in, if we're not cultivating the, the root of our relationship with God that enables us to stand, to take our position in who we are in our lives. Then we're going to find the pressure of other things is going to overwhelm us and then we begin to give ourselves uh, to those things rather than now in the Word to determine how we think or act or how we're going to be in a certain situation. So he says, The one that sits on rocky ground, we hear the Word, we receive it with joy. Sounds exciting, but it just then becomes a memory. And when the challenges come... We're trying to go back to a memory rather than actually we've been walking with God in the good of that and cultivating that in our life to produce His nature and character in us. But since He has no root, He only lasts a short time. Then verse 22, The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. So this is a guy that he's listening to the Word. He hears the Word, okay? Uh, But Jesus says, the worries of this life. We're all faced with challenges daily, weekly, the circumstances of life, challenges. Uh, There might be, you might have some kind of sickness uh, in your body of some sort. And we can look at those things. There might be the facts and the circumstances that are out there. Some stuff can cause us to worry, to fear, or whatever. The Word of God that we read in Jeremiah at the beginning was, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. That person will have no worries in a drought, or in a a year of drought, or whatever, when the heat of the day comes. And depending on what we're rooted to, what we're connected to, what we're anchored to, will determine how we think and how we believe. And what Jesus is saying here is the man who receives the word in in that kind of thorny ground is the one who hears the word. But because again, he's not rooting his life in the word and what God is saying, when the things of this world or the desires of this world and some of the rat race that we live in, and the challenge of that is, you know, for the next car, the next house, the next pay rise, the next this, the next that, wear the right clothes, be part of the right club. And all of that kind of stuff, the challenges and the pressures of that, of the rat race around us. If our lives are not rooted in the identity of who we are as a child of God, and our identity is not secure in who we are, not what we wear, not what we drive, not where we live, not who we're connected to. If our identity is found in who we are as a child of God, as a son of God, then we're gonna, we're gonna, it, there can be an ease to be tempted away or into other stuff where we, we kind of half one foot in, I want to be a child of God and live in that way, but also there's a bit of the rat race of life that's a little bit appealing. And what Jesus is saying is when we live like that, the word of God is choked. It doesn't have the same effect in our lives Because we're giving ourselves to some other things that we think will bring fulfillment or identity uh, or security in some way or other. Whereas Jesus is saying, no, your identity, security and all that is going to be found in, in me and who I am. And in the power of the word that develops and grows on the inside of you when you root yourself in my word. And you cultivate a listening ear for what I'm saying to you. You journal with me. You're writing down you know, what am I saying? What am I doing? Is you let your heart be kind of cultivated, the soil of your heart be kind of mulled over and turned over, because we're watering our hearts with the word and with the Holy Spirit, so that we can then have the heart that Jesus speaks about here, which is the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. What what the word understands there actually means is um, understanding there means the one who is in agreement with or in union with. Uh, or at one with and so what Jesus is saying is the the one who surrenders their their own thinking their own opinions their own kind of philosophies those that surrender to my word are going to come into agreement with what my word says as we surrender our minds and our thinking we're going to then line up our thinking our understanding what we believe with what God's word says so some of the challenges that are around us with facts and circumstances, instead of just believing the facts and speaking about the facts, for example, uh, you might have some sickness in your body. The facts are there. You've got an ache or a pain or you've been diagnosed with something. Now, you've got two choices in, in, in those moments. One choice is I'm, I'm just going to speak the facts all the time. Well, I've been diagnosed with this, I've got that, or my back hurts, or I've got this, or I've got a dodgy this, that, or the other, whatever it is. Do you use the word dodgy over here? No? Here's a good English word for you. Uh, Some of the words you spell incorrectly, by the way, (laughs) just to let you know, okay? There are a few U's after O's before R's in in certain words, like colour, O-U-R. This is an English spelling test now. Is that all right? So just add a few of those and, and, you know, um, that might help you. Um, But... You, you might have said now you got a choice you can either say well I, I'm sick you might say well I am because that's the fact that's what you've got but if, if that's all you speak about you're going to stay sick and what God wants to do is understand now if we' if we're going to walk with God and walk in his truth then there's some other things that God says about who we are Jesus is the healer the Bible says that he is the one who heals us he's you know by his stripes you have been healed. And so you might need to say, well, God, I, I don't know if I believe that. The best thing you, know, t- you can do to, to, with God is be totally honest with Him. If you're struggling to believe something, tell Him that, because He knows you're struggling already. You don't have to try and cover it up to God and say, well, if I put it in the right way, I'm sure God will know. that." You know. We, we, can, we can say, God, I don't believe. I'm struggling here. And God's like, I love that. I love your honesty. But in that place of honesty, say, God, I, there's this going on in my body. Uh, I don't know if I'm not in a place of faith or I don't know if I can receive. I don't know if you even want to do it, God. So I'm just being honest with you. So God, would you speak to me and would you show me what you want to do? Would you speak and initiate an author of faith in my life so that I can then agree with your word, with your truth and what you want to do? So that the truth begins to rise up and the truth begins to change the facts so the facts begin to line up with the truth. We've got a friend at the moment who's, who's pretty seriously ill, uh, going through some, some things and f- for the last 15 months, and he, he should be dead by now, and, uh, in turn in of medically. And it looked like he'd come right through all this stuff, and then uh, him and his wife went on holiday just for a break for three or four weeks. When he came back, he wasn't feeling well, went to the hospital, and they said, man, it, it, it's all come back again. You've only got two weeks to live. And uh, it was a bit of a shock. And um, and they said, uh, you know, that there's something that needs to happen in your body that we can't initiate. It, it, we've got, the, you know, your bowels have got to move and they've got to get rid of all the stuff that's in you. But we can't, there's nothing we can do uh, to help you. It's gone past that stage. So unless something happens and we've got no way of making it happen, you, you, you're going to die in a couple of weeks. So obviously a prayer thing went round and, you know, we're all praying for him and stuff. And uh, somebody sent him a word that they'd got, you know, some, some scriptures and, and, a, and a vision they saw. And they, they sent him this, this word. And so in his hospital room, he was on his own. He read the word and, and, and he said, Father, I thank you that you're my healer, you're my health. And I thank you that you want to move my bowels. At that moment, he was like, oh, my word, I've got to go to the bathroom. And, um, and, and so... Um, he, he pressed the button because he couldn't get there on his own. You know, he pressed the button. They went and took him into the bathroom, and literally, it was a download. You know, everything, <laughs> sorry about that. But, he, but basically, in that moment, something happened that medically they said, we can't do. You've gone past this stage. There's nothing we can do. You know? and, and Now, he's still there. He's still recovering. But we, what we're calling it is a miracle in motion. God is doing something. Yeah, we'd all love it if, you know, boom, out of the blue, he's 100% totally sorted. But there's a miracle in motion going on. And he's taking hold of the word. In the middle of it, he's he's wanting to receive. There's the facts. There's the circumstances that are shouting at him, one thing. But then he's also saying, Father, I want to take hold of the truth of what your word says. And I want to hear from you. I want to stay in a place of receiving from you so that I'm I'm... I'm appropriating what your word says in my life and not just saying, This is what the facts are. I've had it, you know. And so there's this, this challenge, but that's what the walk of faith is. We, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't need faith if there were no challenges. We wouldn't need faith if everything was okay. So we have faith uh, uh, and we need faith in order to know what God is saying so that we can overcome in our lives, so that we can walk through the challenges of life. And how we do that is by making sure that the roots in our lives are going deeper, that we are spending time with God in His Word, speaking to us so that faith can be activated in us. Because how many of you know that God doesn't just speak general things into our life to make us feel good. He speaks specifically into our lives to enable us to know how to be, how to live, how to believe, how to think, how to speak in the situations of our life. I I love that about God, don't you? He doesn't just say, well, you've got stuff going on. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about something else. He says, no, I know what you need. Just spend a bit of time listening. Just cultivate relationship. Spend time just getting a bit more rooted in me. And in the middle of those situations, in the middle of the challenges, one of the best things to do is, is, is to be honest with God. Say, God, I'm struggling. I'm really struggling with this. Uh, and God, I give you this struggle right now. I, I don't know what to believe, so I give you that unbelief. If there is any fear, God, instead of trusting you, I'm trusting myself or something else. So there's fear that's kind of going on. God, I just give you this fear right now. I want to hand it over to you. But in the middle of this situation, I choose to praise you right now. I choose to exalt you. Your name and your word over the situation, over the circumstances. You know, as you begin to praise God and exalt God over your life, over your marriage, over your family, over your household, over your workplace, over your community, whatever it is, whatever challenge there might be, as you exalt Him, that opens up the opportunity for Him to now come and do something. What are you? What are you doing when you're doing that? You're 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 responding to the word because the word of God says about uh, lifting up His name and His word over everything, but also allows the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts to to allow the truth to rise up in us, so the truth becomes stronger than the facts that are around us. So we're aerating our hearts. We're working with the word to keep our hearts uh, in a good place. In Colossians two. Uh, Verses 6 and 7, it says, Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live or continue to walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, in God, strengthened, or another word there is actually to be established. So rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, rooted in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So one of the things we're doing, as I said last week in our church, we're going through the New Testament. We're going through the Gospel of Mark, the first 16 days of of July. So we're on uh, Mark 3 today. And we're encouraging everybody, journal with God. Do SOAP, S-O-A-P. S is Scripture. So read the chapter. Uh, You know, and then observation is for, oh, what's God saying to you? What's the revelation? What's the light that's coming on? What's he showing you as you read the word? Journal it, write it down, write what God's saying to you. Then A means application. What does that mean for you? What what do you need to do in your life? What's your response to that? So journal that, even write that down as well. And then P is pray. Pray through that. Father, I thank you that you're speaking to me through your word. Thank you for the revelation of who you are, because God might give you some revelation about who he is, about his nature, his character. You know, the more you know somebody, the more that builds trust and relationship, doesn't it? And uh, as you walk with them, you kind of you become more at one with them in terms of your friendship or your relationship. In that way, so you know when when stuff happens, you know what their response is going to be. So I know my wife probably um, better than anybody else does. I certainly hope I do anyway, and. Um, uh, if we're in a crowded room and she shouts my name across the room, I, I won't even need to look at her to know whether she just wants my attention because of the way she shouted my name or whether she wants my attention because I need, there's something that's happened and I need to go with it. Do you know what I mean? So she'll shout my name across the room and I'll go, that's my wife, she's just letting me know she's here. And so i go, hi, you know, hi. Or she says it in another way. I'm like, man, I, I'm not looking at, I've heard my wife. Well, that's my wife. There's a problem. What do I need to do? And immediately you go. Why? Because I know her. She knows me. I know the sound of her voice. But also when she speaks, I know what's going on, the intonation of her voice and, and what she's wanting to communicate. I just want to communicate. I'm here. Hi. How you doing? Or, mate, Clive, you need to come right away. There's something important. And, and that's how God wants our relationship to be with him, to go deeper with him, so that we know the intonations of his heart and his voice. Not just what is God saying, but also knowing how he's saying it. Because I could say something to you guys, the same sentence, and I could say it in one way that would be difficult to receive, or I could put it in another way, different tone, that would be much easier to receive. And so often it's the tone that flows from the heart. It's not just the words. Because you know somebody can be right in what they're saying to you, but you're standing having a conversation and you're thinking, man, they sound right, but there's, I'm picking up something that's just not right. Anybody ever had that? Am I the only one? <laughs> um, maybe it only happens in England. Um, but yet you can be talking to somebody else who might not be as eloquent as somebody else, but you pick up their heart, which is like, man, what a great heart. What a great attitude. Man, I love being around that person. Do, do you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily what, it's how. And as we, as we spend time with God, as we ring fence our relationship with God, that we don't want any other footfall to invade and, and try and destroy our relationship with God or impact it in one way, what we're doing as we're going deeper is we're learning not just to hear God's voice, but we're picking up the very heart. Of what's going on in his heart, and that affects your heart, it begins to shape you, mold you, and, and it's amazing, isn't it, how you become like the people you spend time with. You even say the same, you know, you hang out with, with people in a certain way, and you even sometimes pick up some of their phraseology and some of the, you know, and, and all that. Why? Because you, we're, we're influenced by the people we spend time with. And as we spend time with God, he not only influences us through his word, but he changes us, he transforms us. He enables our hearts to be this, this rich soil that when he speaks into it, it's going to grow, it's going to produce fruit. Something's going to happen in us and through our lives and hearts. Romans ten seventeen says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So when we hear God's word, what does God do? God initiates faith. I, I love this about God. You know, when you have situations going on, you don't have to try and find your own faith. You don't have to try and get yourself into a place of faith. All, all we need to do is say, Father, thank you that you're you are the author and the perfecter of my faith. And so, Father, I ask you to speak to me in the middle of these situations, what does your word say? What are you saying to me? Because when you hear God, faith is initiated. When faith is initiated, you then come into agreement with God and what He wants to do. I think sometimes when we pray, we're trying to get God to do what we want to do. We're saying, God, I want you to agree with my what I want to do rather than us lining up our you know, heart and thinking with what He wants to do. So we don't have to try and find faith. So if you've got a sickness issue or there's a challenging circumstance, you don't have to keep saying, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. You don't have to try and believe. You just need to come to God and say, God, I don't believe. Would you speak to me so that faith is initiated, so that faith is authored in my heart and in my life, so that I come into agreement with what you want to do, what your word says. And when faith is released in you, there's, there's a sense of, That's it, of receiving. Job done. And as you work and cultivate that in you, then see the outworking of what His Word says in our lives. Romans 4.17, He is our father. He's talking about Abraham. He's the father of our faith in the sight of God, in whom he believed. Abraham believed God when the circumstances were impossible. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things not, not as though they were. Abraham couldn't have a child, his wife couldn't have a child, but God gave him promises. And so he held on to the promises of God in defiance of the facts and the circumstances. And Abraham continued to speak what was not as though it was. Then in in 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul the Apostle writes, It is written, I believe, therefore I speak. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. What you believe comes out of your mouth at any given moment. Where you're at with something will come out your mouth, you know? What we believe flows, both positive both positive and negative, you know? And what we want as we, as we saturate, if I can even use that phrase, as we saturate our lives in the Word and what God's Word says, then our minds are transformed, you know, by the Word, so that therefore what we believe, we then speak. And it says, "...by that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak." So we want the truth of God's word to be stronger than the facts or the circumstances or the emotions or the feelings or whatever's going on. How do you do that? Simply say, by getting with God and saying, God, I want to be honest with you. I'm struggling about this. I'm not sure if I believe that. I don't know what to do in this. I need some wisdom. I need to know, Father, would you speak to me? And you begin to write. You begin to journal. You begin to allow God to author faith. And therefore, you begin to speak in a different way. You begin to act in a different way. And then in Jude 20, it then says, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Build yourselves up in the most holy faith. We said last week that we've gone are the days of just being Sunday Christians. That we've got to be 24 7. We've got to be watchmen. We've got to be on the alert. We've got to be, you know, and that's a daily walk. That's, that means a daily kind of uh, building ourselves up in your most holy faith. You know, God wants to mentor you personally. God wants one-on-one with you every day. Uh, I, I get up at a certain time every morning, and, uh, uh, and maybe slightly later while we're on holiday here, but every morning when I'm at home, getting up pretty early, and uh, before my family awake, and I always sit in the same chair in my lounge, and, and I go down but because I want to spend time with God right at the start of the day. But the amazing thing is, well, you know, uh, God is always there before I'm there. And if I don't rock up one day to spend time with him, it's like he's there waiting. He's like, where's Clive? Where is he? I'm waiting for him. I want to, I want to, we know God's with us all the time. We know we can talk to him and hear him all the time, right? If you just approach that in a marriage where it's like, yeah, my wife's here all the time, you know, but you never had any time on your own. You never spent time sharing what's on your heart, going out, having dinner, and just doing certain things. If you just say, well, my wife's here, and you just, well, I can chat to her anytime. I can chat in the car. I can chat here. If you never have any time of intimacy with your your wife or your husband, your relationship's not going to last long. And... That kind of time with God where, where he's, he's there, he's in my lounge, he's, he's kind of sitting there waiting. He's like, oh, I can't wait till Clive, his alarm goes off and he comes down. I'm so looking forward. There's some things I want to share with him. There's some things I want to show him today. There's things I want to reveal about who I am into his life. He's got some stuff going on in his head. He's a bit worried about, he's a bit anxious about, I want to speak to him about that stuff because I want him to come out of worry and into a place of trust with me. So I can't wait for him to get down here with his cup of tea in the morning. And his bowl of whatever it is that he has for breakfast. And I can't wait to speak to him and show him some things. That's God's heart for you and I. He's like, he's waiting for us to come and spend time with him. Because he's like, I want him to be more rooted in me. I want to anchor his life in me. I want him to have me as his backbone that enables him to stand and take his position. I want my my thoughts to be what's in his thoughts. I want what's in my heart to be what's in his heart. I want what I'm saying about his life to what, to, to be what he's saying about his own life. And about his family, his marriage, his church or whatever that he's leading. So build up, build yourselves up. Only you can do that in terms of that personal responsibility. Let's stand together, shall we? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe Let's all just thank God. We are blessed having him in our lives. We are blessed. Just thank him that he's rescued you out of what you used to be like. (laughs) We've all got some stories, haven't we? But just thank God. Thank you that I'm not that person anymore. I'm, I'm a child of yours now. I'm a son of yours. I'm a daughter of yours. Thank you that I'm a new person in you. Thank you that the old has gone and the new has come. Thank you that my life is rooted in you. Maybe you've been thinking while we've been going through the word today, it's like maybe a bit of my heart's a bit pathway ish, a bit resistant to what maybe it's a, maybe a bit stony. And the word sort of comes in. I get excited, but it doesn't seem to last. Or maybe the word's a bit like the the thorny ground where you you, want to hear the word. You want to walk with God. But there's a few things that you you might, you know, I'm I'm after this and I'm after that. I'd like to buy this or I'd like to move there. And, And there's various things that might be going on where, you know, your heart's a little bit hooked on one or two other things. Maybe you just need to surrender afresh to the Lord this morning. just invite the Holy Spirit God would you just turn the light on your light of revelation as I read your word as I ring fence just time with you I thank you that you're longing to spend time with me you're waiting for me obviously God's in us and he walks with us all day but there's that moment where he just wants some intimacy just time with you and I that ring fence moment Maybe you just need to invite the Lord. Father, by your word, would you just soften areas of my heart and my life that need to be softened? Would you break up anything where there's resistance? Any thorns, any stony things, whatever. Father, I want my heart to be that good soil where the roots of my relationship could go deeper. Thank you, Jesus. If you have got any worries, fears, anxieties, stuff that you know is going on, just hand them over to the Lord right now. Just see yourself literally like handing them over, saying, Father, I hand you over this worry, this anxiety, this fear. I hand that over. sorry for not trusting in you, allowing this to rise up and and cause me to be anxious or fearful or whatever. God, I just hand it over to you right now. thank you for your peace as I just release that and let it go. It could be a marriage thing. It could be one of your kids. It could be a parent. It could be something going on at work or whatever it might be. Just hand it over. God, I just give you that right now. Father, I thank you for your peace that just comes, your total well-being that rest just comes on people right now. Maybe in the middle of those situations now, just exalt the Lord. Just Just say, Father, I exalt your name, your word. I exalt who you are in the middle of this. I lift your name high over my life, over my marriage, over my family, over my house, over my workplace, over whatever it is. I just exalt your name and your word. I thank you, Father, that you begin to move in me, first of all. That I see things differently because I'm hearing you speak. And therefore, I see things from your perspective and not just my own. Thank you, Father. You soften my heart in these coming days where it needs to be softened. So that my heart is like that soil that is soft, that is being tilled, like that 30, 60, 100-fold heart. Father, I thank you that as I go deeper in you, my life's going to be like that oak tree. The branches going out, loads of acorns hanging off it and dropping on the, onto the ground that, that you want my life to reproduce in the same way that that oak tree does. Season after season, it reproduces, reproduces, reproduces thank you the dna on this inside of me is to reproduce your life in me but also see that life being reproduced in others i thank you've you called me to be a fruitful vine a fruitful person just thank him wherever you are in the midst of any challenges whatever's going on just thank him he's called you to be fruitful there might be some of you here today you don't know jesus you've never kind of had a relationship with him and you've been here today and you've seen the vibrancy, the life, the reality of other people and the atmosphere in this room. You've heard things this morning that you're like, wow, you, you guys you guys talk about God like He's real, He's really personal. He, He's like you can know Him. Well, that's what it can be like for you. You can have a personal relationship with God. He created you, formed you. He knew you, who you were before you even formed in your mother's womb. He knows your life inside out. He knows you better than you know yourself. And He's reaching out to you. The, to the, today he would love for you to know him be in relationship with him if that's you today your heart's beating and you're kind of like if God is real I want to know him just tell him that right now God if you're real would you show who you are to me because I want to give my life to you I want to respond to you if that's you today just talk to him right now there are people here that love to chat with you afterwards guys in the church here Or you can take one of those white Connect cards. You can just fill that in. This is my name. I wanted to connect with Jesus today. If you give that to one of the guys with badges on, uh, just say, look, I wanted to respond to Jesus today. People would love to talk with you, pray with you, to follow you up in the week. Help you connect with Jesus. Father, I just pray for anybody responding to you for the first time today. I thank you for your grace to respond. I thank you that you reveal who you are into their lives today. And that today will be at least the beginning of a relationship with you that's going to last for the rest of their lives. Father, I just pray for everybody here today. Just speak your goodness, your abundance, your blessing over their lives, over their marriages, over their families and their households. Father, I thank you for your goodness being released. I just speak your blessing. Thank you that your face shines towards us. Your face shines on us. Father, I thank you as you give us life, we can be life givers to those around us, to one another and to those out there in the world. And I thank you, Father, that you continue to work and move in this church by your Holy Spirit, The more and more people will come to know you, more and more people will get deeply rooted in you and be fruitful for your kingdom so that your name is glorified, your name is lifted high, so that more and more people are talking not just about church, but they're talking about who you are, giving glory to you, Jesus. We praise your awesome, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise, shall we?